Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio, and today I want to talk about, ooh, why don't prospects call you back? Why don't prospects call back? I mean, what is it about these people, these prospects, that they're not calling us back? Now, it's a question that echoes throughout the cubicles of corporate America, warehouses of small business, and the dingy offices of startup entrepreneurs. You know what I'm talking about. Why don't prospect call back? Why don't they call back? Well, maybe they don't call back for one of four reasons. One, they're just beginning their buying journey, and they were only interested in general information for the time being. In other words, they're just starting their research, and maybe they're not ready to talk to you yet. Second reason could be is, Since your last encounter, their priorities have shifted and they no longer view your product or service as being urgent anymore. In other words, their priorities have shifted. That could be another reason they're not calling back. Or your voicemail cold call, you wasn't compelling enough to trigger them to pick up the phone and call you. Or maybe you didn't offer any valuable insight or assuage their concerns the last time you had a face-to-face meeting with them. In other words, you didn't sell them on moving forward. Now, these are four reasons. Again, let me repeat them. They're just the beginning of their buying cycle, so they're really not ready to make a decision. They're just doing research. Two, since your last encounter, their priorities have shifted, so you know right now it's no longer urgent. It's been moved to the back burner. The third one is you left a voicemail, but it wasn't compelling enough to trigger them to move forward. Or four, you didn't offer any valuable insight or assuage their concerns during your first face-to-face meeting. In other words, you didn't sell them on moving forward. So in order for me mentally, when I look at something like this and I try to understand why aren't prospects calling back, I always go back to something I learned many years ago. And I learned something called the circle of influence. The circle of influence, I've talked about this in my past podcast, was introduced by Stephen Covey in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an oldie, but still a goodie. Great book if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Covey suggested that you figure out what you can control. He calls that your circle of influence. What lies outside your circle of influence are things you can't control. These he calls out the circle of concern. There's nothing you can do with that. So then what he says basically is focus on those things that fall into your circle of influence. In other words, work on expanding things you can control. So when this prospect doesn't call back, there's certain things we can't control. Now, I gave you four reasons. There could be more. Four reasons why they don't call back. One, again, is that they're just beginning their buying cycle. Two, again, you know, the priorities have shifted. Three, your voicemail cold call wasn't compelling enough. And four, you didn't offer valuable insight when you talked to them. Now, the first two, which is they're beginning the buying journey, or maybe even, you know, their priorities have shifted. These are things we can't control. In other words, I can't rush somebody through their buying process or buying journey. And if something has shifted within the company, first of all, how would I know that? Even if it has, I have no power to shift those priorities or reshift them. So what can I control? Well, I know that I can control the third and the fourth one. Let's call that C and D. In other words, the voicemail I left wasn't compelling enough. So maybe one of the things we can do is work on that. You know, let's focus on those two things we can control, voicemail and our face-to-face encounter. So what can we do? What can we do or say to compel a customer to call us back? Well, let's go to voicemail. Let's use that example first, right? 
Let me ask you a question. When you left your voicemail, did you provide a compelling reason for them to call back? Did you? When you left that message, was the message personalized to them and their business? Did it have a big enough claim, right? A big enough claim. Did you sound believable? Sometimes people don't sound believable. And lastly, when you left that voicemail, did you do it in 20 seconds or less? Now, let me repeat them. Did you provide a compelling reason for them to call you back? Was the message personalized to them? Did it have a big enough claim? Do you sound believable? Did you sound believable? And did you do it in 20 seconds or less? Now, you're probably thinking, well, Victor, how can I do that within 20 seconds when I leave a voicemail? Well, guess what? You can. Here's an example of what I would do to meet these five criteria. First of all, here's what my voicemail would sound like. Mr. Client, this is Victor Antonio, and we help companies in your industry increase their sales close rates by 10 to 30% through an intense sales training program. Give me five minutes of your time, and I'll give you five examples of company, we, companies we've helped. Give me a call at 678-895-6068. Again, that's 678-895-6068. My name again is Victor Antonio. I look forward to your call. Boom. 20 seconds if I did it right. And in that, I had all the things I needed. Did I have a compelling reason? Yes. Was it personalized, especially to their industry? Of course it was. I said, I help companies in your industry. What do I help them do? Increase their close rates by 10 to 30%. Big claim right there. Did I sound believable? I think I did. I, th I sounded confident. I was willing to give them, you give me five minutes, I'll give you five examples of companies we've helped. Did I do it in 20 seconds or less? I think I hit 20 seconds. Get the idea? So I want you to really work on your 20-second sales pitch with your voicemail. Again, there's a lot of things we can't control when it comes to getting the prospect to call back. But what we can control is the message we leave. And I would have you create maybe two or three more. So this is one script. And then what I would do is when I call back, I don't want to repeat the same thing. I would create two more voicemail scripts. Now, I really believe in having these things written out before you call. Stop winging it. Stop guessing at it. You know, you just, I know some people tell me, Victor, I'm really good at cold calling and uh, I can just go in there and wing it. Don't wing it. Have three different voicemail scripts written out, each one basically following the rules of make it compelling, make it personalized, have a big claim, sound believable, and do it within 20 seconds, okay? So if you can do that, again, the customer is more likely to call you back because you're providing compelling reasons to trigger them to say, you know what, maybe I should call this guy. Now, how about the face-to-face -face meeting? We talked about that maybe they didn't call back because you didn't offer any valuable insight. Okay, well, let's talk about that. When you met with the customer, did you give or provide the client with valuable insight? Did you share information with them that they didn't have? Did you shift their paradigm on how they viewed their business? Did you make them rethink their approach in any way? See, when you can shift the customer's, I guess, perspective, you know, give them information they don't have, shift their paradigm, make them rethink their approach, guess what? You're positioning yourself as a person who understands their business. If not, then it's likely that you're just like white noise, that, you know, that's, that's what you sound like to them. I'm convinced that there's an inverse proportional relationship between providing customers with valuable insight and their concerns. In other words, the more insight you provide a customer, the less concerned they become as they begin to see you as a person who understands their issues and can help them solve it. Now, here's what I want you to do. Try this exercise. 
Think of a client that you're trying to get with and imagine that they asked you the following question. Imagine that your customer asked you this question. Tell me three things we don't know about our industry or business that is hurting us. Imagine a customer asking you that. I want you, Mr. Salesperson, to tell me three things we don't know about our industry or business that is hurting our business or industry. You know, what would you say? What would you say if I asked you, tell me three things about my business that's hurting me? Tell me, what would you say? Well, here's what I would say. I would say these things. I would always start with the, did you know? That's always my opening line, did you know? Mr. Customer, did you know that it now takes six to seven people to make a buying decision on a B2B type sale, making the selling process that much more cumbersome? Not knowing how to work with multiple decision makers is the reason up to 35% of your deals haven't been closing. Did you also know that the average B2B sales cycle is eight weeks, but companies who use best practices have been able to reduce that by one or two weeks? And lastly, did you also know that it takes a B2B salesperson an average of 1.2 years to become fully effective at prospecting and selling? Companies who adapt their sales approach to include social media strategies can cut that number in half. Did you know that, Mr. Customer? Now, there are three bullet points, three did you knows. And all of a sudden, if I'm speaking to a decision maker, they're gonna go, hmm, I never really thought about that. And each of these insight points point to a loss in revenue or an increase in the cost of sales. In other words, these things are highlighting where they're losing money. So now it's your turn. I want you to come up with three did you knows. Really think about this. When you're talking to a customer and they say something like, tell me something I don't know, Victor. Tell me three things I don't know about my business or industry that's hurting me. What would you say? Now, if you're having a hard time filling in these three insights, then maybe it's time to get together with your marketing department or business development to help you develop these insights. And if you're working by yourself, you're an entrepreneur, then maybe it's time to reach out and get other opinions from other people who are experts in this business. If you don't have compelling insights, why would anybody want to call you back? If you don't tell me something I don't know, if you don't position yourself as an expert, why would I call you back? In summary, we can't control the buyer journey or shifting of priorities. We can't do that. What we can control is our messaging. That's the key part here. We can control our messaging when we're talking on voicemail. Really script those out. Say key things that have a big claim, they're personal, and they really impact the buyer. Or when we're talking face-to-face, -face, let's have those pieces of insight. Did you know, Mr. Customer? And the customer says, oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, did you also know? Well, I didn't know that either. When you're talking to a customer like this, you are impacting them. That's what customers in today's market want. If you want them to call you back, give them insight. Tell them something they don't know. Give them something so compelling that they have to call you back. That's it for this Sales Influence Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, by the way, I'm launching my new learning management system. It's uh, called the Sales Mastery Academy. I'm excited. More news to come. But in the meantime, check out my sales training website, seminarsonselling.com, where you'll find great training videos for you and your company to help you grow your business. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? 
Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.